welcome to Books in the Middle, a podcast just for middle school books. Have you ever been to a sundown party? I'm guessing some of you are sitting there thinking, "Um, excuse me, what the heck is a sundown party? It turns out the vampires exist. They're real. They've always been there. And one day, one of them decided to go rogue. Basically, he started biting a bunch of people, and those people became infected and turned into vampires, which led to a bit of an epidemic situation around the world. Mostly, and let's be honest, not surprisingly, it was in Europe that this began, but it has spread to the United States. And Tana is out one night at a sundown party. One of the kids at her school throws them like every single weekend at this farmhouse that his parents have way out in the country. A sundown party is basically thumbing your nose at the thought that a vampire could take you out. Because, yeah, vampires do that. And they're not nice about it either. So, a lot of the kids in high school like to pretend they have their own immortality and party till dawn. Because after all, once dawn comes, everyone is perfectly safe. However, for Tana, she's missing her best friend who's away at theater camp of all things this summer. And she shows up at the sundown party and guess who's there? Yeah, Aiden, her on-again, off-again boyfriend. And right now, they're off again. And she does not want to see him flirting with all the other girls. So she ends up getting pretty smashed. And when she wakes up, She finds herself sleeping in the tub of the downstairs bathroom. Luckily, or unluckily, the curtain has been pulled, so she's been in this wonderful tub all night long. She wakes up horrified that people have probably been poking fun at her the entire night. And she's afraid because it's so quiet that they have all left and gone out to breakfast without her. So she gets up, rinses her face off a little, and she looks as bad in the mirror as she expected to, and goes out into the kitchen and is pleasantly surprised to see that no one has started the coffee, so it must be earlier than she thought. It's kind of hard to tell from the light coming in through the bathroom window. So she starts to make the coffee, and she looks out into the living room from what she can see through the doorway in the kitchen, and she notices an arm is stretched across the floor, and she's like, oh good, everyone is still sleeping. But as the coffee starts to perk, she keeps looking at that arm. There's something about it that's not quite right. So she walks to the living room. And what she sees terrifies her. She realizes that someone at some point during the party must have gotten hot and opened up a window. A window that let some vampire in because everyone in the living room is dead and it was a total massacre and as Tana takes a horrifying breath in she realizes that her boots and her keys and her phone are all in the downstairs bedroom And she has got to get there because she knows that often a vampire will go down into the basement during the day and come back up once night reemerges.
She's got to get out of there without waking the vampire, if it's still there. Sunlight dappled the living room, filtered through the leaves of trees outside. Late afternoon sun, sure, but still sun. She clung to that. Even if a whole nest of vampires were in the basement, they wouldn't, couldn't come up before nightfall. She should just stick to her plan, go to the guest room and get her boots and cell phone and car keys. Then go outside and have the biggest, most awful freak out of her life. She would allow herself to scream or even faint, so long as she did it in her car, far from here, with the windows up and the doors locked. Carefully, carefully, she pushed off each of her shining metal bracelets, setting them on the rug so they wouldn't jangle when she moved. This time, as she crossed the room, she was aware of every creak of the floorboards, every ragged breath she took. She imagined fanged mouths in the shadows. She imagined cold hands cracking through the kitchen linoleum, fingernails scratching her ankles as she was dragged into the dark. It seemed like forever before she made it to the door of the spare room and twisted the knob. Then, despite all her best intentions, she gasped. Aiden was tied to the bed. His wrists and ankles were bound to the posts with bungee cords, and there was silver duct tape over his mouth, but he was alive. For a long moment, all she could do was stare at him, the shock of everything coming over her all at once. Someone had taped garbage bags over the windows, blocking out the sunlight, and beside the bed, gagged and in chains, amid the jackets someone had swept to the floor, was another boy one with hair as black as spilled ink. He looked up at her. His eyes were bright as rubies and just as red. The Coldest Girl in Cold Town by Holly Black